Hey, it's Kate and Heather, and you're and listening is- to Travel Pro Theory. Yeah. Um, okay, so today, this one is actually, it was a question we a, got in our DMs. I was going to call it a reader request and realize that was not the appropriate, a listener. <laughs> listener, yeah, listener request. request. Yeah. So this is going to be about how to graduate your clients up, and by that we mean when you're first starting out or if you're selling a new kind of travel, whatever, we're kind of taking on anyone and anyone who would work with you and how to kind of up level that out and and weed out some of those early clients when you need to and also without hurting feelings and in a way that works uh works for you and works for them works for your business Mm -hmm. to start we said we're starting with knowing your pain points right or you're busy yeah start when you're busy like how do you know when you're ready like when you hit that point and we were both talking about it right before we hit record that main i mean the main telltale sign is are you too busy (laughs) to keep going at that pace um if you cannot keep on if you're doing this full time and you're like just maxed out on capacity you're getting new leads and you can't keep going um then it's time and so we kind of wrote through some steps we think you should take, like once you hit that point where you're too busy, what to do next before you even kind of approach trying to weed through some of these clients or change up your client list, um, so forth and so on. And um, our first point there was kind of clean up your systems, try to be more efficient, see where you can free up time. Like if you're keeping everything the same, What can you do differently? Where are your bottlenecks? How can you free up some time keeping it just like you and your business? Um, And what can you do to make that faster and more efficient? Do you need a workflow? Do you need, you know, a better CRM or whatever that is? Um, See what see what that does for you first uh, before you kind of go on to the next step, which I think is start cutting the things that make you miserable and free up some time there. <laughs> I know. I was going to say yeah. that's, um, shoot, you made me think of something in relation to that too. I think, and I, I almost want to make a point to say that it doesn't mean like when you're going through your systems and getting systems in place and stuff and you're like what do I hate doing or whatever I know that the trend right now is immediately to either to hire somebody of some shape or form whether that's a virtual assistant or whatever you're hiring before you go and do that step back and see where you can clean that process up just like you were saying you know making it more efficient because if you don't have a system in place we're actually going to do a whole nother episode on this in particular this ic assistant topic um because we came up with a lot of notes from it from discussing through this but without that system in place you can't move forward in any way shape or form it's going to be your uh achilles heel is that the right use of that yeah no that's exactly it yeah it will definitely be your achilles heel because the the reality is even if you start outsourcing it right away um you're going to be paying more if like because if you're paying someone to use a slow process, that's going to take more time. Like the the way to build your business in a way that's sustainable over time is to be lean and figure out how can I 
make this faster myself. I'm trying to think of some examples for this. Like for me in my business, um, Travify was one way. That was mm-hmm. a huge, you know, working that into my workflow started being a giant time saver. Was it a cost? Of course, but it was so minimal compared to the hours I was saving. Um, and other things, I'm actually in the process. Well, that was something about- you could do yourself. Like you were doing yes. that. Like that wasn't yeah, something I, you had to hire out. You were doing it. No. Yeah. I didn't have to hire out. I signed up. It's, I was implementing it within like a week, uh, less than. Um, and then my, I, I kind of, the way I do my documents and stuff, I, I'm still the one doing all of that in the behind the scenes. Uh, and I, I mean, Heather, you've seen it in the background. It's not an, ela- not an elaborate system, <laughs> but it is a system that I have created. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm in the middle of doing that right now. Every year I go back and I tweak it and make it a little bit better so that it is um, easier to do um, as time goes on. Um, I'm trying to think Well, what because I think you have to decide to and just holler if you're like, no, not right. But if you're like, I am so stinking busy and I think I'm ready to take one from, you know, I'll take anything clients to the next, you have to ask yourself yeah. also a revenue question here. Are these people like are those low? We're going to call them low hanging fruit just for lack of a better description right now. But the people, whoever those pain point people are that you're taking on, that you're trying to, you know, get away from and take something else, it is it how's that affecting your revenue goals? What are you trying to afford within there? Can you take the hit? As this is a long game, as Katie and I like to say all the time, or Katie likes to say all the time, like, if you say no to a bunch of those, we do believe that the other business will come. It happens over time. But you're going to have to be okay yeah. with potentially taking a hit for on that revenue until it until it all catches up, just depending yeah. on how quickly that occurs, how quickly going from all those carnival cruises to all those regent cruises happens and how long it takes right. you to build on that. So. I think, too, when you're asking yourself how busy, if you implement better systems, could you be as a fa- you know, could you still help as many people while you're working towards these new goals? So, like, yeah. every three that come through, let's say you get three carnival requests, um, and you say no to one, and that's your first step. You're like, I'm going to say no every third one, or every, what, you know, come up with your own <laughs> little system there. But just to slowly grow your confidence also in saying, no, I mean, you know, that's not a good fit for my business or I am no longer as uh, educated on that topic. Um, I have decided to focus my efforts on other type of products because I'm not happy with the corporate structure of that company. Whatever excuse you want to, you know, label it. I also find most clients are very uh receptive to that they want to know that yeah. they're like oh you don't yeah. oh that's interesting they they don't know they're not educated in this like you are so hearing that from you and understanding why maybe a company is now quote unquote blacklisted for you or you had this issue or you've seen the issue between all of your colleagues is something else you could say cuz that's not a lie i know you guys all you know just read and see whatever media that comes across your desk. Um, so you are hearing of issues, whether you ignore them or not is another story. Yeah. But it's a good way for you to enter the conversation when you're trying to move on from one type of travel to the next. People are, if they trust you, they're going to trust your comment there and they're probably going to grow with you. Um, yes. 
Yeah, no, I think people are super receptive to honesty. And if you, you don't even have to be super detailed about it. like, hey, no. you know, I, I would love to help you, but like this kind of travel, we, I've had some issues in the past. It no longer aligns with what I feel comfortable booking for, for my clients. It's important to me that my clients are well taken care of. Whatever. Just like give it, build a cut. That's a skill set everyone needs to build is um, saying no and standing behind it. Uh, so start now. <laughs> if you're real busy yeah. and you need to free up some time, <laughs> go ahead and start start weeding out some stuff. Uh, but Heather, you just mentioned like a, the perfect point, which is some of these people are like, just because you're changing the type of travel you book, the budgets you take on, whatever it is, whatever that looks like and however you define it, um, it doesn't mean that everyone has to go. The ideal situation is you teach your clients to grow with you and heather's actually super amazing at this um with whether that's like you do that first trip and then in the next trip maybe you add a day with a private guide or you stretch them a little bit to stay in nicer hotels you get them to experience some new types of travel so you change their baseline of what makes a great trip yeah you want them to i mean that's the ultimate goal is that somebody sticks with you as long as it's appropriate, um, or just trust you enough that they're always coming back, even if you're potentially feeding them off to somebody else, but they trust you so much that they're going to come yeah. back and ask you first how to, you know, how to approach the next uh, place they want to go. And actually, Katie and I, do, like, this is real life. Um, we have talked about this so many times with my own, you know, clients where we'll be like, let's feed in a private guide here because if I could just get them to experience that, I know it's going to be really life-changing for them. Um, so we've been doing that for years. And I think I've even heard some of you, uh, whether in just talking in DMs or some, you know, some form of communication that you are pretty aware of that. But if you haven't thought of that, the other thing we were just joking as we were going over show notes, um, <laughs> so I just read this in an intake form and I was like, this doesn't exist. So if you think this exists because you're brand new and you don't know better, <laughs> this person was like, we'd rather have a lead-in room at a nicer hotel than a, n a really nice room at a basic hotel. And I was like, what is a really nice room at a basic hotel? That does not exist, okay? <laughs> like there's no junior suite at the Holiday Inn that's going to be G'd up. And, and Katie had a good point too. I hadn't even thought about it from this perspective. Like... And I, you know, my mind immediately doesn't even go to like the, the holiday ends. It's more of these like boutique properties where I'm like, it's a three star in Europe and they might have a yeah. junior suite, but it's still not going to be what you'd get at the amenity yeah. level of a five star. It just doesn't work that way. But you had such a good point too, like educating the client on that and then explaining you're probably going to be about at the same price point. So why don't you yes. give them the lead-in room at the five-star property that maybe they'll get an upgrade, maybe they won't, and yeah. and have that experience. Um, and obviously, this is all subject to context. If they're uncomfortable in a stuffy environment, you think, you know, like, like, like let's know that there's context to that statement. But, yeah. um, you know, teach, no, that's a perfect helping them. Example. Yeah. Especially like if you can educating. end a trip like that. Oh. Yes, it makes a big difference. I think that's like the perfect window to educate because my thought process when you told me that was like, like, okay, what well, do they mean like a junior suite at a nice four star versus a lead in at a five star because that's going to price about the same when I think most people automatically assume 
the four star would be cheaper even at a higher room category but they're, they're still going to be so would they get more space in the room sure um but it's Maybe. a different service level depends on the property yeah it depends yeah. on where it totally depends on where but yeah. it's a very different service level um so that's a good time to like what do they mean by that because like when you read that what what i think they mean is like well we don't want something that's cheap but we do want to spend as little money as possible <laughs> well I, like you know it girl <laughs> You know so, it. They they want the magical gotta, unicorn. Yeah. But that's so our gotta, job to educate and advise. Yes. And that's a great way to up-level clients. When you start yes. actually advising, and st- actually, we didn't even discuss this, but I do think this is a really good point and a very simple change you could take, even if you're not super busy, but you don't. You're like, I'm not super busy, but I know I don't want to book this $2,500 all-inclusives my entire career or whatever, you know, the, the yeah. inexpensive carnival or the $5,000 yeah. Euro all over Euro trip is start advising. Stop being yes. the order taker. Don't let, don't trust the client. Trust yourself, your education and your yeah. expertise and your partners. That is actually the hu- the biggest difference between a really good advisor and somebody who's going to make it a really long time. Um, Versus somebody who's just always going to flounder and never be successful in this career because they assume the client's right and yes. not that their partner's right. They're, they're, and by yeah. partners, I mean our on the ground, you know, supplier partners. And granted, I know that there are a hundred circumstances we've all can think of where they like, well, my, my supplier partner sucked. Was yes. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is totally true. But use your I, I discernment. Think- yeah, you know? I think it's not even it's not even always it's like right and wrong. I've noticed this and I we have another episode planned that we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit more. I have noticed a trend with advisors that like we've kind of as a community, we've really leaned into like this personalization, getting to know you side or whatever. Uh, but we've sort of strayed away from the basics. And this kind of ties into that with like saying no as a skill set, because it's not always just saying no to the trip. It's telling someone it is that's part of advising them is is being upfront and honest about the fact that like, hey, everything you want doesn't is it going to work at that price point or whatever? You can't do that in this number, many number of nights. Like you can't feel bad that you're the bearer of bad news because I can't, I see it all the time in my inbox where it's like, okay, well they want to add a few nights, but they want the price to stay the same and they don't want to compromise on anything. It's like, yeah, I would also love that. Um, that isn't an option. <laughs> that $5 trip. But, right? Yeah. That $5 trip. <laughs> or whatever was free trip. Or the none dollar. <laughs> yeah. Your none dollar trip. <laughs> Um, but, but it's it's kind of interesting because I think I'm noticing a pattern. I'm actually gonna uh, I'm gonna be over in Ireland in March, and I'm excited to uh, hang out with my fellow DMCs and operators because I, I do want to kind of ask what they're seeing in terms of this. But I'm kind of like it's interesting. I feel like people will put that they're just like hot potatoing the compromise of it back on <laughs> back to me, where it's like, That's but true. they want all of this, so. Here we are. What do we do? And it's like, well, no, you got to like this. This is that is where it is your job to advise. You know, that's what you're getting paid to do. That's what this career is. And that's when you got to say like, hey, this isn't practical to do it. Or you know what? We can add those nights, but we're going to have to compromise on either budget or the level of 
places that you're going to stay. And, you know, I don't know if it's worth the compromise. Would you rather be really uncomfortable for nine nights or really enjoy seven? I mean, you got to go back and like ask those kind of questions and not be scared to quote unquote, kind of give them the bad. I don't even think it's bad news, but they don't know. Yeah, I was, I was, it's not bad news. Stop looking at it like bad news. You're just educating them. You're yeah. doing your job. You want to yeah. be an advisor. You want to be a professional travel yeah. advisor. That's what you should be doing. And um, here's, I, I say this very like hesitantly in a way, because part of this is when you're starting to up level the client and you want to do this different, this other category of trips, um, you, they do tend to come, working with diff, those type of suppliers does come to, tend to come at a higher price point than working yes. with your mass market that I would agree with anybody who's like, I can't go and ask Avanti that or Journeys that or Classic that. I would agree with you. You're right. They may or may not have that education sense for you. I feel like I have found enough advisors within those um, or res agents within those companies that like some of them do know, but you have to figure out who it is that knows that answer for you. And I, I like I'm with you on that struggle. But when you finally get the opportunity to have a client that you're like, okay, this is a little bit more towards what I'm working for or wanting to work towards. And you get the opportunity to work with, you know, a supplier that can really educate you, follow their direction, ask them what else they need clarification on, and then go back and ask that question to the client. Don't be yes. afraid. Like you were saying, don't be afraid. They're, the yeah. supplier also is going to know when you've answered for them versus, and Katie, I think you've given examples of this yeah, before. Yeah, we can tell. But yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they can tell when, when you're answering it for them. And mm -hmm. let's say you do answer for them and you actually answer incorrectly. Own up to it. Just say, you know what? My bad. I stand corrected. The client is now saying this. I apologize. Like, ha make it a conversation instead of a, like a brick wall of the hot potatoing back. Or yeah. like that's I think that's a bit like where you're like, oh, well, here you go. Yeah. No, say, hey, you know what? I thought that they would be okay with it. I actually just did this today where I was or yesterday. I was like, I stand corrected. They actually do have an issue with this four night minimum here because they wanted to do this instead. I apologize because I didn't ask. I assumed based on the description, the explanation I got from the DMC, I was like, oh, I think the clients would be okay with that. I missed a key point that the clients wanted to see something in particular. So now we have to have that conversation, but I wanted her to know, like, I'm sorry, I failed you here. And n lesson learned on my part. <laughs> we'll do it again, hopefully. Well, maybe not. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll do it again. But I, I guess that's part of this is, is educating yourself or understanding, not educating. You have to learn how to communicate with suppliers better because now, you know, just because of our relationship, Katie, of course, I'm privy to this a bit more. Um, and I always try to open this conversation with the suppliers I'm close with anyways, because I don't want to fail them. And just seeing how people communicate, I'm like, oh, my God, just communicate. <laughs> well, like, be I, better I, communicators. Yeah, I think it's honestly, I, and we've talked about this before, too. It's like, I do think that there's a just an overall um, lack of confidence Um which is kind of funny because we, as an industry, we've definitely built up confidence around, you know, charging a fee or, and things like that, things along those lines. But there is not a confidence in keeping that dialogue open. Like all too often, it's like I'll, I can tell that I'm getting that initial intake where it's a little more detailed. And then when we go back to them, 
you know, it's not always going to be straightforward. Sometimes that means, yeah, you got to get on another 30 minute call with the client and review those things and reassess the priorities because you know more now than you did when you talked to them the first time. And I know we're all on a time crunch, right? Um, but that is a confidence thing. That's saying like, hey, we got to hit pause for a minute because you know, I, I've talked to whoever I've like, I did, I did some digging for you. I did a little research. It looks like the amount of time you have just isn't practical for what you want to do. I think it's going to be really rushed. I think you're not going to enjoy it. And I think you just be honest with people like that. Like, I think that's a great way of it, saying that. That was good. Yeah. If you're too, if you're too timid, people will, uh, they'll walk all over they'll you. because they you just alive. Don't, yeah. They mm-hmm. won't know any difference. If you're just like, ah, oh, I feel like this many nights is going to be a little rush. People are going to be like, no, it's fine. No, you got to like really break it out to them where it's like, hey, I feel like I I have a note in front of me. It says, don't say like. I've already heard myself say it a thousand times. Sorry. I said I said oh. too. I was like, hmm. <laughs> that note's doing us but well. I, I know. I think you got to say, um, put it in real terms. Real terms. If we do it like this, you're going to be spending at least a half a day in a car on several of these days. You're going to be packing and unpacking every night. Like, just make it really tangible. It's like, Mm. do you really want to do this or not? Is it going to, is it worth it? Is seeing this one thing that was on your list that's far away from everything else worth giving up X, Y, Z? And that's advising. (laughs) That's the job. That's our job. Uh, Right. Don't you want to be... Build trust. That yeah. Way. So it's a com- it's a confidence thing. Build some confidence. Build some confidence. Um, and okay. do you think we're ready to go into like also knowing? I think this goes into it when you're trying to go from one set of clients to the next. You have to know the client's pain points. You have to know the yeah. problem you're solving and what. It also, like, are the clients that you're working with now that you're trying to phase out, is it a budget problem? Is it a lack of travel problem? Is it um, a, a style problem? They're doing trips that you're just not, not, you're finding your own style and you're like, this isn't fitting what I really like. Is it that they don't have this kind of style, like maybe they can't travel for as long as the, you know, they're always like, I just want to go away for five days to the all-inclusive or whatever it is. Um, and I'm only using that as an example because I feel like that is the example I hear the most of how to go from we one set it. of clients to the other is like, I'm yeah. sick of selling all, all-inclusives and mass market cruises. I want to move into FIT world. So yeah. by all means, it's just because that's the example we hear the, mo- the most common. Yeah. One. Uh, yeah. But f- but know the c- pain point that that you're having with the clients. What are the clients that you don't want anymore? Identify that. Whether that's like you could go into super detail and give them a name, like the whole ideal client profile. You could be like not ideal client profile. Cindy Lou who over here. This is what she looks like. Anytime these things come up on an intake form or an, e- and an email, I could have said something worse. Uh, I love Cindy Lou. Oh, that was just like the first thing that popped in my head. I don't know why. Um, it's not even Christmas time anymore. But uh, like identify that so that way you are recognizing the signs or the key words, the red flag words when they come in. And you're like, whoa, that's a red flag word. She's saying a word. Like, I feel very confident now after all this time that I know exactly 
who is and who isn't ideal. Now, sometimes it, it turns out a little differently. I'm not going to say it's perfect, but 95% of the time, I feel like I can pinpoint people. You and I both get, like, we can quickly yeah. assess the situation and be like, this is going to work or this is not, or they're saying something that's really nerve wracking for yeah. me, for my business, you know, versus whatever. But once you know that, once you know the pain point, it's easier to say no to it too. Cause you're just clearing it. You're like, you're not, yeah. don't, you can't come to us and say, well, I just want to sell higher cost trips. Well, absolutely. Girlfriend or boyfriend. Me too. Yeah. Like yeah. that's my goal yeah. too. I'm still working my way higher and higher. Um, so yeah. I can work less and less, you know, like ultimate goals here. I know. Um, I know that's everyone. How do I, how do I work less and make Make, make more. more. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, We're no. all working like, on that. <laughs> like, yes, Get I'm with you. Man. <laughs> but without a but, clear game plan of how I'm doing that and knowing what I'm saying no to or what I'm saying yes to or where those clients li- li- live, I, by live, I mean like in the internet world, not physically. Yeah, where to find um, them. Yeah, where to find them or what they, you know, who to talk to, etc. I think that's, you know, you have to identify. Don't just say, this is what I want to do. It doesn't magically happen that way. You have to make a clear, have a game plan of what you're doing to do that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once you've kind of, once you've identified it, that makes everything a little bit easier, but you have to stick to your guns. This is, again, a confidence thing. Like, because how often are we hearing something along the lines of, oh, I just don't want to book these types of trips anymore. And a year later, that person's like, well, I'm still taking those on every day. Like at some point you got you, you are deciding who you work with. So it's on you, pal. If you don't like who you're working with, you got to make some changes. And that might mean saying no, and that you just have to build confidence around that. And it is a transition period. Uh, I do think just we were talking about this at work with one of the uh, people that came to workcation uh, because she's trans transitioning uh, her messaging a little bit. And here's the thing. You can update your messaging to reflect the people that you want to work with. It doesn't mean that you can't take anything else. You could still pick and choose. You could still take on some of these lower hanging fruit trips as you need to to keep revenue coming in, to keep your booking, you know, bookings where you need to be while putting it out into the world and actively seeking clients that are looking for something else. So you have to remember, especially if you're making a big, big jump, like, like Heather said, a lot of people are go, trying to go from AI cruises to FIT. And that's a whole different world. That's a different type of traveler. So you got to find some new people to start snowballing that client list. Uh, so as you do that, you need to, you'll probably, you'll be doing both. You're going to have a a foot in both worlds. um, But you need to be putting your messaging out because if all your stuff still says AI and cruises, but you're in the background being like, I'd love to book an FIT. No one's going to think of you for an FIT because that's not what you talk about. Oh, you just hit such a good point because it just popped in my head too. Um, And granted, neither you or I are big on Facebook. So we're not like, we've ignored that, but we see it on Instagram all the time. You t- you like you're like we want to I want to sell more FIT Europe I want to move into this world or whatever it is, and then you're still like throwing up an Unico deal, yeah. And I'm like, what? what? So when I look at this, what's the message I'm getting? If yeah. I if I as a ad- fellow advisor wouldn't even think of you for FIT Europe because all I ever see is your beach pictures and talking about AIs or cruises, 
what do you think the client sees? And I have, I have like more access to your, your brain in that sense, you know? But if I'm yeah. thinking that, then so is the consumer. Absolutely. And you have to like, yeah. Like, you gotta decide what you wanna be known the- for. And, and you can have both. Rooftops. But don't talk about price. Like, I actually don't think, I mean, about putting price. up or t- talk about ha- things that are actually in the level of that you want to book. I, I don't like talk about the um, Amanyara and Turks and Caicos instead of the beaches Turks or um, that property versus Unico. That's like, no, that's not me hating on any property. Let me be clear here. That's not me. Tra- beaches Turks is fine. Unico's yeah. fine. I'm not, I'm giving examples. <laughs> Somebody's going to be like, oh well, God, Heather doesn't like that. No. That. <laughs> I was like, I'd go to Unico. Okay. I'd take my kids to beaches. Um, I'm trying to give an example though, because there, I mean, beaches actually yeah. not, beaches Turks is not an expensive, but it's a totally different client than what I'm sending to Amanyara or yes. Hermitage Bay and Antigua or what, you know, whatever. So, and maybe your market is mostly Caribbean and Mexico work within that. Use those same examples. Yeah. We go from your secrets, Playa Mujer. I can't even talk. Playa Mujer is booking or, you know, social media post to the uh, Nazuk post because that's the yeah. difference in the client. You want a client, you're looking for the client that appreciates something different than the other client, which there's not get like nothing wrong in either. But in terms of moving your, your, your up leveling, your client, that's what you have to slowly right. start doing. Think yeah, about your marketing, the messaging you're putting out there. Yeah, the messaging absolutely has to match because you'll still be booking the same stuff for a while. It's mm-hmm. going to take a while to transition, but you already have that client base. Those are the people who are already with you. You don't need more of those clients that you're trying to steer away from. So all of your messaging has to change. I mean, I'm even an example of this. I did not, I didn't officially say I was booking Scotland until last year. I only talked about Ireland. I still booked Scotland. Uh, People would ask me for it and I would do it in the background, Uh, but I didn't start messaging for it until I was ready to take more of it on. I wanted to be known for Ireland. I talked about Ireland all day long. so which is funny it's actually you're a perfect example of this because now you're seeing the fruits of your labor your scotland Mm -hmm. bookings are way up this year right oh yeah yeah as soon as i was so it's like you're literally seeing the fruits of the labor yes it's it's much more it works people we aren't lying no we're not lying that's also another way don't say it for my own health yeah i think a, a good way to aside from just deciding on your own is I mean, your clientele will tell you what they're looking for as well. Like, that's part of why I grew to Scotland. People were asking me for it. I was doing it in the background. So I gave myself the time I needed to get some infrastructure so I could feel comfortable to move forward. I worked on my systems. I did exactly what we're telling you guys to do. I was like, how can I do this in a way that's not going to make me crazy? How can I get my systems in place? What do I need to do? And I did those things. And it's still in progress because it's still, you know, it's always in progress. You always have to like grow from there. Evaluate. But, but yeah, now Decide I what your pain points about, are. Yeah, it's probably it's about fifty fifty. And my and Scotland's hot right now for sure, request wise. Yeah, she uh, is. But hot. I think my bookings are about about fifty fifty. She's on fire. Well, and we even said we were going over this list of like 
you know, what's the one, two, three, like you're busy, then mm-hmm. you fix your systems. And then are you still busy? And like, how do you, you know, decide? And we're just like, you go back to one when it happens again, or, you know, yes. you're not getting results. Okay, what are the pain points here? Go back to one. Um, and decide, I think what we find a lot or what we see a lot of that you might not want to accept that you're doing or not doing is you, everybody wants some magic answer in here. There's not only you can do the work and look at your client list and say, what is, what's happening here? Um, I, I feel like, like you're just, you got to do a lot of self-reflection and, or self-business reflection. It might be a good way of saying it too, but realize where your problems are and then fix them like yeah nothing changes unless you change it so this is a like it's a long-term fix i'm actually uh meg said i could talk about this uh my one i see is going through this right now um trying to work from all disney being known for disney to trying to move into other parts and um it's been really encouraging to watch her go through. I don't know if she'd feel the same way. She might be like, oh, it's awful. But she's had some she's had some good wins in the last couple of months. And, you know, some of it, sometimes we have to be a little bit more financially motivated or, you know, have to have like that helps it. Right. Like I'm a, yeah. as much as I hate I loaf math and doing math. I'm very numbers motivated. So once you see that one come across, we were working on one together and she saw the commission amount for this trip that was pretty easy. And we're working with UJV on it, Ultimate Jet Vacations, and they're wonderful. And she, like, she, it's, she said it put it kind of into perspective for her. She was like, we made more money on that one trip that was very easy compared to what I've made on XYZ's Disney trips. And it's like, it does exist. And once you start kind of seeing that, I think it motivates you too. So you have to just get that one under your belt and like, yeah. It'll help motivate you to. Yeah, uh, I mean, the the best way to do this is it's applied practice. Like, yeah, you do. You got to get those first few under your belt. And it. it's going to feel really uncomfortable. It's going to feel uncomfortable because you could say that you want this type of request or whatever, and then you get it. And it's like, what now? <laughs> what? Right. Oh, how do I do this? How do I make sure I don't drop the ball on this? Oh my gosh. Da, da, da. And it's, it can be a new territory. Uh, but it's, it is just a matter of practice. You're just going to accept that you're going to be really uncomfortable for a while. And then, and then, and then you won't be at some point you won't be and you will just transition. But you got to be willing to walk through that or you're going to be the person in our DMs that's like, Hey, I wanted to transition into this. And two years from now, you'll be like, ah, I really, really want to. <laughs> and it will have never happened uh, if you don't just actually take some action. Um, I wanted to hit uh, that kind of leans into um, Heather had said, you know, we go through and know all of your client pain points, like what kind of trips you want, what you don't want. And then I think uh, we'd also said in addition to that, you need to know your pain points as what you need to work on within yourself. And that ties in with that self-reflection. And we've talked about building confidence. Um, I kind of want to add that in addition to that, just because I know there's so much out there right now about uh, just in marketing in general, that's like, oh, your ideal client, this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with those ex- exercises. I do see at times that they could be a little bit aspirational. So I would encourage you to also give yourself some time to think about 
why do I want this? Do you even have experience in the type of travel? You know what I mean? Like you may say that you want FITs, but do you really enjoy doing that? You know, try a few and see what works, but also think about what's needed in the market. Um, I can tell you for myself, I, d- I would not, 100% would have not been successful had I not expanded because when I left my old job that only does four and five star, only luxury, uh, a select number of properties, obviously those were my relationships. So those are people I worked with and still work with, but I knew I had to differentiate myself in some way. And so what I did was I immediately started to seek out contracts with other more moderate places so that I can work at different price points. I wasn't limited to just the top luxury stuff. And then I started leaning into, okay, how do I get more experienced providers? And I did it in steps. Um, but I, but I looked at what was needed in the market and it's worked out for me. We talk all the time about people are looking for people like, anyone who will any dmc or operator who will take on uh, more moderate budgets now are those difficult to work with sometimes yeah but when i work with someone i usually get their high-end clients at some point later because i work with advisors so they're repeat clients and they're they're gonna graduate their client base to do a little more over time it's a, it's a long game it is a long game for me but i would definitely encourage you to not just be like Oh, you know what? Those girls are right. I'm going to change my business and only I only book this type of travel. Like you really got to give it some thought because it's not uh you do you do still need to be practical in that sense. Like there's more than enough business to go around, mm-hmm. but position yourself correctly. You want to be you don't want to be just another person who does the thing. You want to be the person who does the thing. So right. find your spot. Find your lane and then then lean into it, lean into it. Stop doing the other bullshit that gets in your way. (laughs) Just well, and especially if like I get you, you bring a good point to it. I don't know if this is, this is really what your ultimate goal was, but it does bring up the fact that like, if you love selling carnival, get a girl doing it. What if you're like, I sell all the sweets and I sell out groups and it's whatever it is, just yeah, you know, own it and be good with it. Just because I think there's so much pressure. Um, whether hopefully yeah. it's not coming too much from us, but like just social media pressure. I know you and I see it all the time. We're like, we swear people tell us they want to do these things just because they think everybody else is doing it. Yeah, and um, I feel like we've totally covered the scaling topic a million times, but I obviously we haven't covered it enough. <laughs> Because I we're like the anti-scalers. That's not true. We both we both want to scale, but we just have a different. We've seen the bl- the blowout version, yeah, and it's not a yeah. positive. And it always makes us laugh when people ask us stuff like this because we're like, you do know how slow we've built, right? No, yeah, okay, yeah. We're very. We <laughs> it's are been slow. Very, like, it's steady. We're, we're, we are slow and and deliberate. I think we're both Actually, very that's deliberate. a really good. Yeah. And I I mean, God, last year we both fired a couple of people. We had to mm-hmm. go through all of that um, to and understand and be. Like, we were just talking about this before. I've I've sort of, I haven't fully talked about it, but I've sort of talked about, like, I had a new partnership I've been trying out for a couple months and I'm saying goodbye to <laughs> okay. it. Like, it's awful. It doesn't work for me. I have not enjoyed it. And I thought, I had to ask myself, like, even if this lived up to the, potential, which it has not. But even if it had, is this something I want to do? And it's not. 
It's just not. So I'm turning down a partnership that's sending me five leads a week that want to go to Scotland or Ireland. And I'm saying I'm like, I'm breaking, I'm having a breakup email. You're having Um, a breakup. Yeah, it's a breakup. And it's, and I could not feel better about it. I put, I gave it a college try and it doesn't work for me. This isn't this. Yeah, this is not a fit for my business. So kind of to your point, just because something looks good on social media or on paper or on whoever out there is giving you advice, if it does not work for you, get like get the fuck out of there. You got to lean into your strengths. Like there's there, there's no point in being don't strive for mediocrity. There's no point at like being middling in like this weird space of, well, I can do it. Well, it, listen, if you're not in the top 20% of people doing it, go. Like, get out. That's like me doing mass market cruising. I'm terrible at it. Like, I'm like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> this is just bad. Like, that's why I'm so grateful to have Meg on the team now and other people. Well, now actually yeah. knowing Kareen, um, thank God we know Kareen. Like, that girl yeah. knows cruising oh, like she's nobody amazing. else. She's a and perfect, I'm like, she's the perfect example. She's like scaling. She is killing it. She just posted mm-hmm. her sales uh, numbers for January. She like crushed it. And I, I, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I think that she would agree with us because when she came out and shared her numbers for January, she said, "I couldn't have done this without the systems I put in place." I was she thinking about her earlier went, too. Yeah, she went back and figured out how to free up her time to allow her to book more of what she's doing. And she, and you know what? Yeah, she's booking a lot of cruises. She books, uh, that's, that's her lane. And she's not just okay at it. She's fucking awesome at it. She's the person. If I think of, if someone were to ask me, who should I go to for the, like, she is the first person I think of. So that's who you need to be for whatever your, your corner of the market is. Right. You want, it was like if your colleagues start thinking of you that way, that's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how you know you've made it. You have yeah. made it. I mean, maybe you that's not it. accurate. Um, <laughs> but I was like, makes me feel I pretty think good. So. Yeah. Like I mean, you're like, okay, other people respect what I've done over here and my own peers respect what I've done or what the knowledge I've put or education, whatever. What's like, I don't have as much blood going to my brain right now if i say something crazy i'd like to preface this episode with that i'm 36 plus weeks pregnant that i cannot be blamed or held responsible for anything that i say so um oh my gosh i know i was like oh god you know what i'm trying to say like my edu- anyways not even important anymore uh kareen jumped in my head a couple times when we were talking because she's such a good example of she's great at somebody it, which- who really and she actually she's been doing this i think over 20 years and it's been really really fun to watch her start to say no to things she's implementing fees this year if anybody deserves them yeah. it's her Girl has yes. earned her time in this she has. in this industry, and uh, you know, actually, you can follow her at. Uh, she does have like she has a couple. I was going to say, go do her. her um, if what if you it? are someone yeah. who is like you're selling cruises and you need, um, you're looking for some help with that. She has a whole second business called Travel Biz Boss. Is that what and you can find it on Instagram? Yeah, and she has like. Um, she has a template bundle that's like it's just cruise just related, cruises, right? Yeah, it's it's totally niche specific. So, um, 
Yeah. And she's like always it, adding to it. Uh, yeah. I saw her add something else the other day, and I was like, do I need this? <laughs> I don't even sell cruises. <laughs> and I was like... I like it was for I can't even remember, but she was like I added something specific for like I think it was Regent, and I was like, "Do I need this? Should I buy?" She's this? so good. <laughs> I'd buy it because it's so Kareen. Good. I'm like I, know, I trust her. Right? Um, yeah, <laughs> so. right. And, and see, like, and that's that's the reputation you want to have in the industry because yeah, you want your like if your peers trust you with their clients, like you would happily refer someone to her. I would. Yeah, um, if I think you're wishy washy. You, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, there's, right, there's, I'm trying the, to, there's like, yeah. Anyways, pregnant. I'm trying to think. Let's just be done. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else we need to. That's kind of really it. I mean, I think also our kind of takeaway was like, as you're identifying these problems or not even problems, but these different pain points, you tackle one thing at a time. You're not going to overhaul everything in five minutes that's also where you get into places where you you end up you do seem wishy-washy if you've changed your business like eight thousand times because you you totally paid a web designer and a brander a branding person to brander jesus i thought um, was good a graphic no dis- i actually <laughs> you're, you know you're what nowadays i feel like they should own that title because yeah. isn't that what yeah, they it's are a brander yeah and then, uh, but yeah, if you're going out to like, okay, I'm doing this massive rebrand and all my visuals or whatever are going to match with this new, like these, I'm only doing Africa safaris, but you haven't actually booked a ton of them and you don't know if you actually like it. You don't know if that's going to be your, your niche and maybe, yeah, maybe you like it, but you don't love it as much as something else. You're going to turn around in like six months and be like, oh, <laughs> whoops a daisy. So it's okay to let it be a slow. Oh, this is it can, I know laugh. it feels like a slow process, but it isn't. You, you are systematically improving your business. And that's the best way to do it. That, that is where you're going to get that deliberate growth. Um, through like throughout your business and then then you're not going to feel so overwhelmed either because it's not like oh gosh what am I going to do it's like you take one thing and work on it and then move on to the take that information and go to the next thing um we'll put it in the show notes it's like one two three that we have I mean it's nothing it's nothing groundbreaking I don't think but I think it might be helpful to have it written out in show notes um to do and then you start again and just go and back to the again. drawing board and just like I tried to sing to Katie that Brian, whatever his name is, Brian Knight, McKnight. McKnight, that's it. Is I that can it? Remember earlier. Yeah. Is that it? The guy sing back <laughs> oh, wait, at one. Is it McKnight? Is it Knight? Something I think it's like McKnight. that. Anyways, I was like, it's like that song, that romantic love song about going back to one. It's <laughs> all I can think about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I. I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, we I think do. We, covered we it. are. We're. Uh, we are planning a future episode soon that is about hiring IC. Because you notice that all these steps that we're talking, we're talking about doing this like with what you are. This is minimal investment. This is cleaning up your own systems, cleaning up your own side of the street kind of thing. Bef- this is before you get into the realm of hiring specialists to do this or that, or hiring an employee or hiring an IC or whatever. Um, instead of just delegating out the things that aren't working for you currently and keeping doing them. That doesn't make much sense, but uh, we will have a future episode on that. So um, yeah, I Hopefully think that's we'll get it out soon. Yeah. Okay. Any, Hope any final thoughts? Everybody has I think it's good. No, 
Hope you have a fantastic day.